G'day me, 40 here, Manly in North Sydney. Uh, just thinking about my mother. So on my first birthday, she got very sick and she was diagnosed with bone cancer. And over the next three years, she just withered away to about uh, 50 pounds. She was about five foot two, withered away to about 50, 50, 60 pounds. And it was just in excruciating pain. <clears throat> and the doctors and the hospices and the hospitals where she was staying, they, uh, they severely limited the amount of uh, morphine they would give her because they didn't want her to get addicted. I mean, and this used to be the norm up until about the 1990s. Right, so people who are dying in excruciating pain, they get very limited amounts of painkillers in case they get addicted. But these are people who are dying, right? And and you're limiting the the amount of uh, painkiller they get when they're dying, right? So we went from that, from that extreme, the people who are dying in excruciating pain, like my mother, you know, limited in the amount of morphine they get, to the 1990s opioid scandal, where doctors you know, are strongly incentivized to dish out opiates. So how about a middle road here? How about the middle path? Speaking of the middle path, here's some Richard Spencer. And it's these people who are going to kind of re-enter the world, I think, in the coming years, in a very big way. Talking about incels, people who are losing in the current system, that they're going to want to revolutionize a system in which they are losing. Now this is from Richard's December 7 good times on his Substack podcast. I mean, what do you think is behind this this extreme sort of uh, revolt against civilization? I mean, like, whenever I think about, um, you know, the, the, like, for example, sort of being discontent with um, what they sort of push uh, on television. You know, I was just reading something um, here uh, recently from one of these really traditional Catholics, uh, this Dr. Taylor Marshall, or I don't know if you're familiar with it, but... Uh, uh, he's 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 the head honcho of, of the of the tranny cap movement, and uh, and he said, why why are there always interracial couples in commercials? You know, just an observation, and he got a ton of heat from, from it. Uh, you know, it's like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, there's no other Greek nor Jew. You know, uh, which are actually valid criticism given, given his position. But at any rate, uh, so it illustrates how incredibly flexible Christianity is. It isn't inherently globalist, and non-racist, right? Just as often there's a strong uh, racial and, and ethnic component to it. So people think that they can. They find an essence of, of Judaism or an essence of Christianity in you know, just one particular text or one particular denomination or one particular expression at a particular point in time. But you know, everything is affected by its context, by the time in which it operates. Right? We're not just you know, individuals and we're not just as spiritual beings, we also operate in time and space. And when the time and space leans in a particular direction, right, you can't fight reality. You, you either adapt to reality or you die. But, I mean, I, I even get this talking with family members of mine, and it's like, you know, have you ever considered turning off the television and cracking the book open? Like, you don't have to, you know, it's like, why don't we have... Look, the type of person who 
watches TV and is not interested in cracking open a book, right, they have lower intelligence than the type of people who like to crack open books. Or they have an incredibly demanding job, and so they just need to chill out. Or sometimes, yeah, people just get into a bad habit or a bad pattern and they just start slacking off and taking the easy way out in life. But uh, very rarely we get anywhere with family or friends by directly appealing to them to turn off TV and open a book. You have to seduce people to your way of thinking. Now, you can't just command people. Alternatives, it's like, well, you do. I mean, you could, yeah. you could do, in fact, you know. Um, but it always goes straight to, like, well, we need to homeschool our kids and start, you know, uh, going to Latin Mass. It's like, well, I don't, you know, there's... You could, or you could just decide to quit watching the NFL if it offends you so much. I mean, that's, that's another thing. I, there's just, it just seems like a... Uh, it's like... It's, 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 so I notice a lot of people on a distant ride just want to go to war with sports. And sports is a way to connect. Right, you get in a cab, all right? You can talk about sports with, you know, your cab driver, with all sorts of men that you meet in particular. It's an easy way to connect, and with many women. Like, if you're interested in being successful and affecting people, you wouldn't be just cutting yourself off from a very popular pastime that brings tremendous amounts of happiness and meaning to people's lives, such as sports. There's a desire to do something extreme, and they're just, they're just waiting for some... Well, I, look, I, agree with, I agree with you, but, you know, maybe this is me becoming more laid back as I get older and also when I have when I have kids as well like I, I totally needless to say I totally agree with the like you don't have to go obsess about Balenciaga all day you can actually go read a history of European culture and you know you're not going to find many interracial couples in that book <laughs> you know like good news so I totally agree with that but I also like I, I really don't like the anti-social element I, I think that good point you can get it, it's kind of a trap or like like for instance, maybe you should just go watch your favorite NFL team yes. on a Sunday afternoon, you know? And like that actually means you have something in common with your neighbors and people around you. I, I have I, I think I've said this before. Whenever not many taxi cabs around any day, but like whenever you're in Uber and I remember taxi cabs, you know, ten or fifteen years ago, you, you would often be in a cab with like a Muslim or some black guy or whatever. And the one thing, you know, like like let's say you're in an hour long taxi crab cab going from Logan Airport to, you know, outer Massachusetts or you know, whatever. The one thing you have in common with that guy is that you can talk about football. Do you think there's actually something to be said for that? You know? No, I, like, I totally agree. I just mean if, if it's all this kind of anti-social. So like, I agree. I agree with that. Obviously, but like this this kind of anti-social turn of these people, I, I just find pretty like annoying. You know? And Richard was like this. He used to kind of castigate watching sports. It was like cuck ball. And, and alt-right would counter-program against the Super Bowl with alt-right content. Wait, I don't know. Like, it's, there's worse things in the world. Wait, I was like this too when I first became religious. But uh, I kind of turned my book, uh, turned my back on sports from, pretty much from, largely from 1989 to 1992 when the Dallas Cowboys started getting really good. But luckily, my my hero, my inspiration for becoming religious and turning to Judaism was Dennis Prager, who's a very moderate person. Dennis would say, you know, yeah, watch some sports, uh, you know, do it moderately, don't don't devote the whole weekend to it. World than watching uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> and the fact that like that's probably a very very normal thing for a fourteen year old boy to be interested, in. and it's very abnormal and weird if he's interested in the Latin Mass or you know tongue based. Uh, <laughs> Communion. Gives new meaning to the phrase, use the tongue. Uh, but it crash. Yeah, I, 
I think that there's like there's a desire for. I, I guess that was my uh, what I was getting at. I didn't really express it well. Is that it, it's like I mean, they just want some excuse that, that the desire is already there. It's latent that. I think it's because they're not beneficiaries of the system. I mean, this kind of gets back to the whole itself thing. I don't yes. just bring it back to that. But it's like, it's like, of course, you're going to want to see the collapse of the system in, within which you're a loser. I mean, if you don't, you know, you live in a system that um, incentivizes, um, you know, what, not really, it doesn't really incentivize, but I mean, but like, sort of like hook, hookup culture, for example, which I think is way overblown. Look, if you're losing at life, it might have something to do with you. It, it might not be the system. So I know most people would rather just like, point their fingers at the system and talk about how hopeless it is to you know, be an aristocrat, to be a worthy person in this uh, modern degenerate age. But uh, if you're losing at life, it might be a really good idea to see how much of this is on you. Well, um, but this concern about it, but uh, yeah. we're doing it before, it's just more streamlined. Um, but the, you know, if, if you're not in on that, if you're not getting any, um, you know, of course you're going to be like, well, we need to go back to to this, uh, you know, a traditional, you know, family life, which I'm not against, obviously. I, I think it's good for people to get married and have children, especially yes. right people. But it's like, but I'm not obsessed. Like, I, I was just able to do it. Uh, not because I'm some particular winner, but just be like, I don't know. It's like, um, that normal people, they'll just eventually do that. But it wasn't because I actively was making some kind of countercultural lifestyle choice. Um, right. It's just, I just got old enough and was like, oh, yeah, I should do that. So, um, but uh, and similarly, it's, you know, I, I think like this, the rage against, um, what it is that, that you see on the tube, it's like, you know, if you were a reasonably, um, like, like if, if you were a grounded person, if you had a, a reasonable perspective of the world, you'd realize that this is just one element of culture, you know, and that it's, and that it's sort of inherently lowbrow. Like, it's a, it's a commercial that's playing during a football game. Like, this is, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, but there's, there's some... There's... Yeah, Richard seems to have attracted a pretty significant audience of people who, like him, have graduated from alt-right extremism into something more pro-social. There's some desire there for, you know, to, to have a reason to revolt against civilization. Not even just the current paradigm, but, like, against its, all of its products and, and against uh, the, the, the sort of basis of having a liberal society in general. I mean, I mean liberal in the most antiquated sense. So, I guess I, I wanted to know what, what you think, like, what, what drives that? Like, we've talked about all the symptoms of it, but, like, why is that? Don't you think it, if you're going to find some, like, primary cause it is sexual you know like that's the most getting no I don't think uh, sexual is necessarily the, the primary cause the most primal cause I think the desire for meaning desire for connection of which sex is just one aspect right what, what people most need is the desire to feel connected to other people and to create a life of meaning and purpose that's going to derive from forming connections. If you just kick a ball back and forth, right, that's going to help form a connection with someone. If you just play basketball with someone, you play chess with someone, if you pray with someone, go to synagogue with someone, and that's going to form a connection. Out of that connection, you're going to get emotional energy. So Barcelona Football Club, they pass the ball an incredible amount, and with every pass, you get a little bit of emotional energy. So generally speaking, team that completes the most passes, generally speaking, wins the soccer game. So completing passes builds relationships, solidifies relationships, gives you emotional energy, and uh, gives you connection. And then out of that sense of connection, right, you are stronger. You now have purpose in life. And people really need purpose and meaning in life, and connection is the primary and healthiest form of meaning and purpose.
intimacy. I mean, like, what's more motivating than that? And sexual frustration probably is at the heart of this. Could it have happened to Kanye? Kim? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I mentioned this in some of my interviews. Like, you know, I, I kind of resented this, uh, these, like, annoying liberals being like the uh, league of very divorced gentlemen or something <laughs> i mean look, these are kind of funny obviously i resent them being a divorced dad myself so you know but you know look, i can take a little ribbing here and there but you know i, I almost i almost find like his divorcedness as, as authentic you know whether i agree with him or not he, he is speaking to a certain anxiety about this and he, he clearly is yeah and someone who's divorced well at least they've made a go of marriage and they're probably more mature than someone like me who's never married at all. Is like still in love with him. Kardashian. So it's you know, he's been he's been wounded by that. But that, that's that's actually real, you know? It's kind of like the re- the realist part of, about it. Yeah, there's some I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but there's like some Arthurian overtones. Ah, a, a, a prominent figure, uh, wife goes off and does a scandalous thing. There's some forgiveness involved, but Christianity and mysticism like just kind of clouds the whole situation. Yeah, I don't know. he was profoundly. Uh, I I remember hearing vague things about this. I wasn't really paying attention, but he was just obsessed with Pete Davidson as this like. And Pete Davidson is a total shithead. There's no other way of describing him. And just this like, you have this total shithead screwing your ex-wife. You know, like again, I look speaking personally, my ex-wife was just such a. Oh my god, I don't even want to go into it. I, I, I am beyond jealousy, actually. I would not... I would only be concerned if she gets with some horrible person who might harm my children. But if she had a boyfriend, I would be like, go free. Finally, you'll be less annoying. <laughs> no jealousy whatsoever. So Richard Spencer's own behavior and choices, you know, probably had something to do with how annoying uh, his ex-wife became. Right? It didn't just happen out of the blue. Uh, but I understand other men who have a lot of jealousy. Like, I totally get it. It's maybe kind of like not good, but it's understandable, and you should have sympathy for them. Uh, but yeah, so I kind of understand like the Lance a lot in the situation with Pete Davidson, which is pretty hilarious. Um, you know, Lance a lot. Oh, that's quite a name. Um, he was a kind of beautiful phallic image who you know has this affair with Guinevere. Um, so his Guinevere, the, the, you know, the, there's this uh, grotesque version of Lance a lot that he's kind of lost it. And um, yeah, I, I think there is an Arthurian quality to this. Yeah, he definitely. Who's, who's the Merlin in this situation? Is it my lover? Yeah, it's like Ali al or Nick Fuentes or something. It's like the Merlin. They're like the mentor figures. Weird. Wow. What about Georgia today? Uh, are you in for uh, two Negroes we got running in Georgia? <laughs> well, I, I probably... 